Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Maintenance Disrupted. I'm your host, Steve Doby, and today I welcome Vivek Gupta to the show. Vivek is the Department Head of Instrumentation and Digitization at DCM Sharam Limited in India. Uh, Vivek has recently gone through the pilot stages and is now rolling out fully the nano-precise sensor. So we're also welcoming Sunil Vadula to the show to talk about the journey that they've been on together, the learnings they've had in terms of implementing sensors and, and different technology into this facility. Um, it's a really good conversation. I really enjoyed being a part of it. And uh, Vivek has clearly had a long career and knows knows the stuff. Um, so without further ado, we'll have a quick message from our sponsor, NanoPrecise, and we'll jump into the episode. Hello listeners, this is Stephen Doby, co-host of the Maintenance Disrupted Podcast. As you know, we have a sponsor, NanoPrecise. And NanoPrecise's hardware, Machine Doctor, is now officially ATEX, i.e. CEX, Zone Zero certified. The only sensor in the world monitoring six parameters in one. A great accomplishment for NanoPrecise. We are very excited to be partnered with them. And if you want to find out more information... Go to their website at nanoprecise.io or get in contact with myself or Blair and we, of course, can get you in touch with the NanoPrecise team. Thanks, everybody, for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. Here's your episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Maintenance Disrupted. I'm your host, Steve Doby, and today I've got a special guest with me, Vivek Gupta. Thanks for joining us with us as well. We've also yeah. got Sunil from uh, NanoPrecise back. This is this episode is a special episode. Vivek and Sunil have been working together with the NanoPrecise platform and bringing that to Vivek's operation to get some value and detect some failures. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about how that's how that's come about and the implementation process. Um, so before we jump into anything, Vivek, you've got a very impressive resume do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself yeah thank you steven and thank you sunil especially to nano precise to give me this opportunity uh let me just introduce you uh, uh, my name is uh, vivek gupta and i'm currently a uh, joint vice president for instrument and digital journey for our company called dcm shriram limited this company is uh, more than 125 years old and our plant where I am working is almost 57 years old now. So old is gold as we say, but these plants uh, are located in the state of Rajasthan and the place name is Kota. So here we have eight operating plants, means we have our own capital power plant where we produce around 145 megawatt. Then we have uh, India's one of the oldest uh, private sector fertilizer plant, where we produce urea. Then we have a calcium carbide plant. We are the only producer of calcium carbide in India. Then we have another chloroquine plant, where we produce uh, sodium hydroxide, both as lye and as fracker. And we also produce polyvinyl chloride, PVC. PVC through acetylene route. This is also of its own kind in India. And then we have another product which is called as Fenestra Building Systems. 
there are the UPVC doors and windows which we use in multi story buildings hotels um, offices there also we produce that kind of things and the last uh, but one is a cement plant where we produce a special quality of the cement and lastly the plastic parts which we use in the cars that is also produced at this location now as far as uh, i am concerned uh, i am actually head of the instrumentation and digital part of DCM Shriram Limited as a quota complex. So let me now tell you how this journey of digitalization begins. So what is happening is we all have been listening to the word industry 4.0, digital transformation, digitization, digitalization. All these things are making a lot of noise in the market. But let me tell you the process industries as far as is concerned they are very hazardous process what we have at quota so one has to be very very careful while we are selecting any kind of instrument so most of the plants have got a good amount of rotating equipment and these rotating equipment the larger equipment have already got all the kind of measurements which is required but the pumps the motors the heat exchangers all these kind of coal mills they are as old as these plants and nearly 50 plus years old so the challenge uh, what we were facing was run to fail type of a concept though we were doing preventive maintenance and at the time of the plant shutdowns we were taking all the maintenance actions but let me tell you maintenance people are under so much of pressure because of pandemic and as well as the increasing cost of the maintenance for the last 2 3 years so a lot of pressure do more with less that was being seen everywhere in the plant so how to take care of these old assets and as i am responsible for this digitalization journey so i was just seeing that which could be a good vendor for us and ultimately i saw one of the webinars where sunil was speaking and it was quite impressive and i thought of why not to contact them so as the name says sunil i found that he must be an indian <laughs> and then i came to know that he is uh, he is working in canada and running a company called nano precise and then i came into his contact and then we had two three rounds of meetings to understand what is the kind of the product these people can offer and specifically for the old older i mean kind of machines so let me let me share you steven that whenever you wish to install anything new there is always a resistance anywhere not only in dcm but anywhere Absolutely. so uh, yeah so what actually happens is that whenever you wish to enter into the machines part like motors like pumps okay that like the heat i mean exchangers any kind of moving i mean machines they are normal practice in our plant except 
for the bigger machines was to take the vibrations once in a shift. And some of the compressors, some of the pumps we used to take within a predefined interval. So as soon as we came to know about this nano precise, we, we, we thought of installing some few sensors on a rental basis just to see what's its performance. Now, previous to that, previous to this nano precise, we had another vendor and for which we installed some few sensors. And Stephen and Sunil, let me share you, when we installed those sensors, it has actually become an instrumentation department baby. Because whenever there is something which is being measured and which is being displayed on a computer, normally what is the culture is that this part has to be looked after by instrumentation. Now the process people has so many jobs to run a plant that they are hardly, I mean, making or paying that attention to the vibration part of a motor. When I say vibration part, not of the bigger machines, but uh, smaller machines. So what was what was ha happening was that initially it was very difficult to get a buy-in for these guys. That look, friends, uh, we have installed these sensors, and they are giving the vibration readings. Now, first question came, these readings are not matching. They are not matching with our portable vibration analyzer. Now, what happens is, actually, with a portable vibration analyzer, either you can have peak, you can have peak to peak, you can have RMS readings. But when you go uh, for these kind of sensors, there also you have what are different kind of units where you can measure. And much more than what a normal wired kind of a vibration probes which give a reading. They will give you the 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 real-time print, but not a kind of a thing, a kind of an analysis. So initially we faced a lot of problems. These people were not taking any interest. But when there was one fault and it came to know that the vibration sensor was had already given an alert for that. Now that was the time when the attention shifted and these people were now after us to install us some few of the probes so that we can we can monitor some of our critical machines so when i came to know about nano precise then we initially started with our power plant now stephen uh, let me brief you about our I mean, power plant this is a 35 megawatt captive power plant we are not exporting any power outside our complex. It is for only our captive use. And we have the turbine, which is 1968 manufactured. So you can think it is more than 50 years old. And similarly, the boilers and coal mills, bowl type, I mean, coal mills. So, and we have similarly the boiler feed pumps, all more than 50 years old. So I used to say one thing to our people, that as you grow in age, what is your most urgent requirement? It is to get check up through a doctor at a regular interval. And once a doctor says, Stephen, your blood pressure is going high, what do you do? You monitor it more frequently. You visit to a doctor more frequently. 
you take a medicine see its effect whether it's working or not now similar kind of a thing when we say health of an individual then why not the health of a machine the the machine is dumb machine cannot speak itself but whenever there is fail there is a failure there the machine speaks that i also need attention i also need maintenance in a predefined interval not only that but as and when needed now when this concept was discussed among among our team we involved and we made a cross functionality means instrumentation mechanical guys electrical guys process and the operation team we sat together and then we again arranged an online meeting with nano precise yes sunil you wanted to say something uh yes mr vivek so uh, what, what th- thank you so much for that introduction it was really uh you know uh, eye opener for us to understand uh what made you decide to go on this journey first of all and yeah. uh, you know and how you d- tried different uh, vendors and uh, you know like uh, pro- your approach and uh, end user approach it was really good so one question i had uh, if i'm not wrong the 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 previously you tried wired sensors right and now you shifted to wireless sensors if i'm not wrong uh, what what uh, difference you see uh, between the two and like uh, do you think one is better than the other or uh, you know or, or or you're okay with any any kind of sensor yes sunil i think a very good question inside and that's actually a question which which the the senior guys also ask us why not to have a kind of a wired kind of a sensor now let me just tell you whenever you want to go for a wired sensor it means you have to install a sensor you have to lay a cable a cable tray then you need a channel in your dcs or plc or scada you have to configure it then you have to define the time uh, the the scan time means what is that update rate you want the vibration in the the readings now you will keep on getting those readings now this kind of sensor if i say doesn't predict anything it will just give a reading which is actually coming at this moment we can define the alarms means alarm we can say some pre alert alarms as per the machine design what does it want that beyond this the vibration levels should not go the operator should be alert now this is this is what we have but what happens that if you can get a pre alert as well as you can come to know that okay after so many days the vibration levels are going to reach that now in the older machine it's very difficult even to drill you can't drill on an old machine you can't take a risk of drilling on the outer body or the casing of the machine which is 50 plus years old so we thought of that we must get some kind of sensor which can put from outside nothing to be drilled on that casing of the particular machine maybe motor maybe it's a pump that kind of a thing and there we came came to know this these wireless sensors they need not to have any kind of drilling the options are available if one can do but we just straight away fixed it so so sunil your question was what the the criteria was like that that once we install a wireless sensor and we monitor it in our office computers pcs laptops mobile 
you are not consuming number one any channels of this years number two you need not to worry about the wired kind of a cable cable routing and thirdly the more very very most important point that as of time in our company policy we are not connecting our dcs to internet because these wireless sensors once you install and you install a kind of a software where do we install it we were not allowed to connect any of the external world data to our dcs and so that's why we we found this solution to be a good and the other important part was suppose sunil is responsible for mechanical vivek is responsible for electrical now these two things were in a silo otherwise in the control room now how do sunil knows that the vibration has gone high he is sitting at home so once he is able to see he is able to get the pop up on his own laptop or on mobile that was a wonderful part which really helped us so sunil am i able to uh, answer your question yes vivek uh, that was that was really uh, good and one more point uh, uh, you know which i i thought uh, is is uh, you know is, is a drawback of wired sensor but i want uh, your uh, you know experience on that because uh, it's not what we feel but it's what you feel because uh, you are a user ultimately so uh, for the wired sensor isn't it correct to say that because of voltage fluctuations and all that unless unless you know usually even if you use your mobile charger right it has a small adapter or uh, you know to uh, have a like a to 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 uh, smooth out the voltage fluctuation but let's say if you have a simple sensor and you don't want to make the sensor very big in form factor if you have a normal wired sensor and if there is a voltage fluctuation it might actually trip that and it might also trip the motor there is that thread but let's say uh, because of some uh, tripping device it just trips the sensor uh, a wire sensor might have to be switched on again and again after a certain time uh, is that true have you experienced something like that no no actually uh, let me let me just tell you that uh, whatever uh, voltages as you are talking if if we if we talk about a sensor which works on the gap voltage minus minus 10 volt normally proximity kind of sensors they work on yep. minus 10 volt so and uh, if those gets loose means the distance between the tip of the proximity sensor and the actual object because as the gap voltage changes there is a there is a corresponding change which is in turn converted into the amount vibration yeah so what we see is the the problem is if the sensor gets loose where it is mounted then then there is an issue otherwise uh, we don't find in any other wired kind of sensor that voltage because ultimately you are feeding it through your dcs so that voltage fluctuation is not there as far as i am concerned we have not faced i mean that that kind of problem looseness of course it it has been there then wires sometimes people put some heavy weights on the cable trays or there is there is some uh, uh, kind of volt, uh, electromagnetic interference suppose a high voltage cable is also running near those uh, signal cables then there might be an issue which you are talking about got it uh, th thanks uh, mr vivek uh, thank you so much yeah steven you can 
go on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, and the loving the conversation. Sometimes it's uh, it's better to just sit back and listen. And this is definitely one of those <laughs> times for me. So thank thank you. Um, to just to go back to one of the things you said, you you started talking about the change management piece and the implementing of the the pilot a little bit there. And so like, and this is this goes beyond just the nano precise sensor. And this is this is really trying to get to um, looking at implementing any type of sensor, any type of new process in a facility. And like when you talked about the number of facilities that you look after and the variations in, in industry, you know, it, it really highlights the fact that, you know, a lot of these industries seem to be very different. But at the end of the day, we're still using the same pumps, the same same piece of equipment. They're just arranged a little bit differently to produce a different result. Now, when we look at that pilot, some of the learnings that you got, like you mentioned the change management piece and bringing that cross-functional team, you brought, you know, the instrumentation, the process people uh, and all that into a group. Is there anything else within that that really came out of looking at that pilot implementation that you highlighted to you that, hey, if we didn't do this, you know, we wouldn't have had success or Conversely, you know, we would have had more success had we done this piece. Yeah, I think Stephen, uh, very, very, very nice question. In fact, when uh, when we formed this group, now the initial thing was that how how to convince the guys who were comfortable with the way we were working, and in fact, we were working for the last fifty years. There is no doubt in that. But the the demand of the time is like that, that what is the OEE, overall equipment effectiveness? The, as I was telling right in the starting, the maintenance guys are in such a pressure, which has never been in the past. Means how much time you can keep your machine in a good health so that it runs and there is no tripping, there is uh, no fault in the machine so that one has to stop and lower down the plant loads. So what was what was our initial learning was, uh, was number one was the connectivity. See, in, in the process plants, and even we find that as you were also mentioning while we started our thing, that sometimes the connectivity may get low. The bandwidth might go low. So here, here the concept, same concept comes here also. But here the one one I mean good thing is that that we are uh, we are not uh, I mean communicating like we are speaking. It is only a data transfer. So here that that part initially we had some issues with the sims which we were using the the I mean mobile sims which were being used because some signal is good, some signal is bad. So initially that that pride portion because people were saying oh. Vivek, your sensors are not working. We are we are not happy because uh, for so many hours we we didn't get any reading. But then ultimately we found that this is not the fault of a sensor or a gateway or the software which we are using, but it was actually the problem with the internet sims, that mobile sims. And once we set it right, set it right means we chose some other uh, I mean vendor who were supplying this. Uh, this this I mean mobile sims and then the the signal connectivity uh, was I mean quite good so uh, I think Stephen uh, does it uh, answer your query 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it highlights a really important point there, too, that a pilot can be derailed very easily by factors that are external to the pilot. So, like, uh, you, an organization, they have their standard cellular provider that they use for everything. But if that cellular provider is bad and you can't get the data from point A to point B, then your pilot's going to suffer because, like you said, they're going to think they're they're not getting data. It's going to be fault of the, the sensor. And so it's, you know, trying to look at the risk and and mapping out that whole pilot. And, you know, you do like a FMEA type of thing on a on before you start a pilot to determine where, you know, this pilot could potentially fail. And you highlight those, those areas. And, uh, you know, that's that's a prime example. No, I really like that one. Um, go ahead, Sadia. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, Steve, uh, that, 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 Mr. Vivek, that that's like, uh, I mean, you just hit it on the, uh, you know, right point. Like, see, even even industrial Internet of Things 4.0, right? Even in that, what it says is Internet. It is very important, yes. you know, for any pilot, for any predictive maintenance or digital transformation. The first uh, and the foremost uh, KPI should be to make sure you provide absolutely fail-proof uh, internet connection, right, for your sensors. It, not just in terms of you know having a ninety-nine point nine percent connectivity. I mean, what's the point of having ninety-nine point nine percent connectivity for something like a Emerson wireless hard system, where you are only sending the RMS data? You can only do. Uh, you can only tell what is going wrong. You can't tell. Uh, you can only tell if something is going wrong. You can't tell what is going wrong. You can't send that big waveform kind of signal. So it's not just that you know it's it's a fail-proof uh, system that that break uh, that that is sending all the time, but also you know how much data it is sending when you require it, so that you can do proper analysis and uh, decipher, make take some decisions or. Uh, I mean, uh, based on those insights, right? So, and, and that's why it becomes, I mean, you you don't want to send too much data, but you don't want to send too little data, right? Uh, in terms of having connectivity all the time. So it it, it really becomes a centerpiece. Uh, and I personally have seen in all the projects that, forget about predictive maintenance, the first thing all the companies that I would suggest uh, should should nail down is what is the correct pro uh, you know connectivity protocol uh, or or you know uh, like a, a standard for that particular uh, application yeah very true very true sunil actually actually this is uh, this is one of the most important points because until uh, you have the connectivity proper and then the other part which you are telling is the right information to the right people at the right time that is that that plays actually a vital role because if that information is not reaching to them in the right time see the other way when uh, we were just discussing what should be the update rate what should be the update rate of giving the alarms and the alerts and to save the i mean battery life because these uh, these were the questions which we which we had in fact put up to your friend tanmay over here um, that is how we, I mean, decided looking at the criticality of the machine, what should be the update rate? Yeah, Sunil, you can just continue. And, and you know, uh, Stephen it, it, and, and Mr. Vivek, it even goes beyond connectivity that 
you need to understand how you use the edge computing and the cloud computing and form an optimal strategy where, I mean, everybody would like to have infinite resources, right? But un unfortunately, we can't in this planet Earth, we can't uh, depend on any strategy that tells me that tells you that okay just just have a wired sensor just have uh, you know some some connect uh, like a, a router all across the plant and keep sending uh, you know uh, hundreds of gigabytes of data right what will you do with the data you will increase your cloud computing cost you you don't even need it i mean we did a analysis on a on a simple equipment right and we we thought that actually taking a lot of data might derail your uh, analytics because when you t it, it's not about the amount of data it's about the timing of the data and how you uh, optimize that edge plus cloud computing because you don't want to send the whole haystack to the cloud you want to pick the needle from the haystack and try to send only those needles so that out of those needles you have try to understand how those needles are increasing in the size over time and what uh, that needle is, is it, uh, you know, that needle pinching the bearing or that needle pinching the shaft or gear or pump impeller? That's what is, is the point. So it's it's not just about the connectivity, but also connectivity plus cloud and edge computing, how you uh, define an optimal solution. The, the, we can't solve this problem by taking an approach of an infinite number of resources because we don't have it. And that's... Uh... Yeah, yeah, very true, very true, very true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We had a previous episode um, where we had somebody on, and I'll link it uh, in the this podcast description as well, because it, it goes right to that point. And Blair, Blair, and this this other gentleman, I can't remember his name at the moment, um, talked about that. And one of the key ones that um, you know, when I was listening to it, was like, look, how often does temperature really change? And it, I think he had a storage tank that was taking temperature once a second and storing that data. It's like. It's a storage tank. Like you take it once an hour, you know, once it, once once every uh, every six hours or something. Like the variation in temperature does not change. And so, like you're absolutely right, Sunil. And you need to think about what is changing and the frequency and the rate that it changes at to build that ideal um, set of of that ideal interval to to measure the data for. Right. Um, and that's where a lot of the the reliability engineering math and stuff like that comes in and you start looking at, okay, what's the actual time that we're looking at to failure? When do we want to detect it? And then you can decide the intervals. We've been doing it a lot, a long time. We do it on oil analysis. Like we say, look, you do that. And it, it, that's obviously not a sensor, but the same principles get applied to the sensor. But you, you just have the ability to take those samples more frequently. Um, now, just to jump into the next section, um that i wanted to talk about because you guys have now gone beyond the pilot stage and another big challenge well maybe a little bit less risk but still is a challenge nonetheless is scaling it up so you've you've taken it you had i think 25 sensors across two plants as a pilot and now you're starting to roll it out more broadly so what are some of the challenges that you're seeing there and and how you're kind of tackling those challenges so, Stephen, I think a uh, very good point uh, which you have raised. See, once your pilot gets successful, then the first thing you get is the buy-in of the people who are actually responsible. You're making their life easy. See, earlier 
they have to run because somebody will pass uh, nearby from the pump. He will hear some noise. He will report to the control room. Yeah, see, guy, this this pump has got some abnormal noises coming. Now this mechanical people will go. Will first of all hear that noise. Then he will take some kind of vibration. Then he has to conclude. Now the beautiful part of this uh, particular wireless sensors is that you need not to run to the pump. Once, even if you uh, set some update rate, but if the threshold value is reached for the alarm, then it will it will give you an alert, even though the update rate is two hours. But let's say after two hours, two minutes, something goes wrong, then the alarm comes. So that is that is that is one part which gave a confidence that okay, now we have got a system on which we can rely. As you are talking about scaling up. We can go only for the scaling up where we have confidence in the, some few of the sensors. Initially, we installed in the coal mills and a ball of feed pump, one of the feed pumps in the power plant. Since these are quite tall and the, uh, the, the narrow precise sensors really helped our, I mean, mechanical guys. And let me tell you, Stephen, the one important, one good point was every effort right from intending the material, its installation, its commissioning, the mechanical guys took the lead rather than the instrumentation team. So that is that is where you find the change. Initially, they were wanting that we should take the, the responsibility. But as soon as they, they got the confidence that this system helps us in our maintenance, the, the things just changed. Now they have taken, though they are from mechanical side, but they took every lead in installation, number one. Number two, they saw that yes, we could save, we could save a breakdown in our pump, we could save something going wrong in our coal mills. Some, that's why we had an internal discussion, not only with the plant head, but our business head also. And the, and you know the business head wants the money. He wants what you are going to give me in return. What is your ROI? And then with that 90 days trial, we could show that. Okay, these means these boiler feed pump, we could save a major breakdown. And that's why we could get an alert and we could avoid secondary damages. So this actually helped us a lot. And that is that is how we decided to scale up the things. And uh, and that really helped us in taking this journey forward. So uh, does it answer your question, Stephen? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sunil, it looks like you've got something you want to add in there too. Yes, uh, th thank you so much for such an insightful point, Mr. Vivek. And 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 the, uh, see, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, in 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 your plant, or maybe in any any kind of plant setting, it's the mechanical or maintenance guys ultimately who are going to gain from this kind of technology, and it would be yes. better to bring them on board as soon as possible rather than later and wireless sensor because you don't need any kind of instrumentation to do as compared to the wired sensor you automatically you know like uh get uh mechanical guys on board it's not like uh, we are bypassing the instrumentation it's just that their scope is completely you know taken away because uh the wire wireless nature as compared to the wired nature just you know uh, makes you hassle free uh is is that correct to say Yes, yes, yes. Very, very, very true, Sunil. 
what that is that is where the buy in is required that is that is where the buy in comes and you have very rightly pointed out that it's uh, sometimes uh, makes difficult to bring these guys on the board but once they saw their benefits they immediately came forward and took the lead and getting the benefits out of those amenities very right as soon as you see that value and how it impacts you and your role in your department and ultimately your organization then you start to get that buy in and like it definitely has i think you're right Sunil it has the biggest impact on the maintenance people because at the end of the day we're the people that get blamed when things go wrong um but it is that whole organization that that benefits from it like if you're saving downtime you're saving costs whatever like that's going to that ro- eventually rolls down to the bottom line and ultimately the organization benefits as a whole and so you know it's it, it's maybe a minor point but something i like to i like to point out in terms of that broader asset management is that you know whether you're ops instrumentation maintenance doesn't matter who you are we're all on that same team and when there's a good solution you know we want everybody on board because it helps everything and so you know stuff like this especially when you're talking about wireless connections and stuff like this it departments can become a real challenge uh, and a lot of times it departments aren't involved in pilots the, we bypass them because it's easier um but then they can pose a significant challenge after the fact because they have their standards and processes and so we need to really communicate that full benefit that the pilot brought to bring that up because the pilot usually in like you had two plants um for your pilot and now you're trying to roll it out across multiple facilities that had nothing to do with the the pilot so how do you start to how do you engage those conversations and start getting people on board that hey you have to start implementing something even though they didn't have the opportunity to pilot it themselves Yeah, yeah, Stephen. Uh, the advantage uh, at my plant was number one; it is an integrated complex, so it is all within one boundary. Okay, so it's not uh, a and, bunch of different facilities laid out across India no. kind of thing. Okay, yeah. and, <laughs> and, and and but see, but even though the businesses were different, yeah. The initially, the pilot was done only in power plant. That too, only in thirty-five megawatt power plant. and we did in pvc plant polyvinyl chloride the, the other plants were left out but what we have we have an uh, we have a forum uh, uh, where a forum forum where we we actually interact we we share our views what are the problems which we face how did we arrive at the solutions so as soon as the mechanical guys of the other plants came to know that these people have installed some sensors and they have taken the lead and they have been able to detect the fault through a pre alert then these guys started inquiring and the other part was that since i am a common head of instrumentation so i also started talking to those guys see that plant has already taken a lead in digital transformation journey your plants is still in the old days so this is a, that is a kind of a tease actually which i yeah, uh, actually started talking to the heads of the plant then slowly they took the interest they said okay we also want to do something what will be the budget what will be the cost what is the implementation time and then when i told them that the implementation time is negligible only thing is that you have to agree you have to agree for a certain budget 
and then let's get started so this is uh, this is how it got scaled up yes steven yeah no that that's great and like starting that change management right away right in the pilot is is brilliant like it's you know it's getting that information out there to the people that's saying hey we're trying something new and you know add a bit of that uh, um a leer to it to, to make it a little more interesting a little bit secretive but not secretive at all <laughs> adds a bit of mystery yeah, to yeah, it yeah. That, that gets people excited right what, and then they want to try it and yeah, uh, Stephen, so yeah Stephen, what i what i what i what i did it even i got the mechanical guys of two plants one already tried pilot one who didn't do anything i got the, those two guys to speak to each other yeah and just share their ideas which brought the confidence in them that okay even 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 they asked did the instrumentation team help you or you took the initiative that mechanical guy is asking to the other plant and when he came to know that everything was done by mechanical then said why should i leave behind let me take a forward step so this is how the team got motivated yeah absolutely right? that sounds like a great approach and and i love it um now we are getting a bit shorter on time so i want to make sure i get the this last last question in here um so one of the things we want to talk about is what some advice that you have for end users who are are looking to implement either nano precise or any technology and how they can adjust their culture and different things that d- they can do to be more successful whether it's in just the initial I want this sensor. How do I convince my manager? Or, you know, I did a pilot. It was successful. Maybe maybe it wasn't successful because of certain reasons. How can we re-pilot type of thing, uh, depending on it? Do you have any advice uh, for any of our, our listeners and ultimately end users who, who might be looking at some sort of a similar type of deployment? Yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good question, I think, Stephen. Uh, I would say that uh, what... a plan should do is they should list out what has been the breakdowns of the rotary equipment in last one year and put it down the number of hours lost number one did it uh, did it end up into the shutdown of the plant or the load reduction of the plant in the secondary damages or the faults was not noticed and plant was stripped so you have to make that table looking at the criticality of that particular machine maybe it is a pump it is a compressor it's a motor list on all those which were responsible for making a interruption in the running operations of the plant and then put the number of hours and the equivalent amount of money see unless you convert anything in dollars it doesn't make any sense and one of the beautiful word which our senior management uses is pong p o n c price of non confirmation means something was to run at this particular vibration levels had it not run what was the loss maybe the the machine has not break down but because of the higher vibration level something will go wrong in the near future so so i would like to say if somebody puts up a table like that and then only you can you can convince your own management also because it has to come from top let me tell you very frankly any digital transformation journey cannot be successful 
unless it is stop driven because and if these things are regularly reviewed and seen that how much did you lose in last 6 months or one year because of non availability of these kinds of measurements then it is an eye opener for us any any company not only my company but any company they can think about that particular direction number 1 number 2 we have to see that our dcs systems are working for last 20 25 years you don't have the spare channels to wire out any more sensors but still you want to run your machines so this is a good idea to keep these sensors separately from dcs monitor it on a separate software on a laptop on a mobile and the millennials this young people no they are more uh, i mean mobile savvy the computer savvy they would they would love to see on mobile what is what is going on wrong and the third part is the right information to the right people at the right time the process person may not be much interested in knowing the vibration of a compressor but yes mechanical guy must be interested so these are the three things which we must take into account and then i think any any i mean industry who, who wish to go towards this because these are i can say the uh, kind of benefits which is readily i mean available you start you start getting benefits within a month or within within two months so these are something like low hanging fruits because here you get the information also what kind of it's not only showing the vibration level high but what could be the probable cause of this vibration going high so it makes your maintenance much more easier right steven so this is what i want to give a message to the people who who have yet to start or have started but hesitant to take the further steps i couldn't agree more everything you said there is i i fully support and agree with uh and one of the from from your first point and i think that i think it's really important because um when you do that initial analysis and you do that okay where am i losing my time or where where am i get, getting downtime where am i incurring costs and you build that full case it's important to think about is that failure mode how can i solve that failure mode because a lot of times when we look at a pilot or we look at a solution we're not actually tackling the root cause and so if we sit there and we try to sensorize something um oh, oh, or pilot a sensor to solve a failure mode but that's not actually going to be the root cause then we're not going to see any improvement so we want to make sure that we're picking the right right failure uh the right failure mode to to sensorize and and detect for before we go down that path because i've seen a lot of pilots fail because they were trying to detect something when the, that wasn't the root cause so you're detecting the failure but the failure already occurred and it's too late to actually intervene so spent a lot of money to tell you you know we found it earlier but there's still nothing we can do about it <laughs> um so sorry yeah, Sunil you had something you wanted to say there too yeah yeah see technology for the sake of technology nobody wants nowadays exactly. you can have very good very good software red blue green color trains everything will come but what is ultimately plant getting at the yeah. end of the day if you are not getting benefited by any kind of sensor it is it is of no use actually my 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 actually director always says me vivek 
just don't put sensors because the others are putting tell me what is the kind of the benefit which my process people will get my mechanical maintenance guys my electrical men people will ultimately get it if they are able to take actions based on those data then please go ahead so that is a kind of a culture which i feel everywhere exists yeah absolutely um sorry sunil i think i interrupted you you were about to say something there when i started talking i'm just i'm just listening to you guys and it is really opening my eyes like uh, like never before you know and uh, thank you so much for all this i i was just thinking like uh, and mr vivek uh, you can you please uh, comment on this your your input is really required i feel like the job of maintenance and mechanical department in 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 a company in an end user and the uh, the, the the vendor that works with them to help them to optimize or minimize these unplanned downtimes it's like a job of a secret secret agent or undercover right a thankless job <laughs> which if you do it wrong you will be blamed but you know if you do it uh, right it's just your job right so <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah very true very true you've just described the maintenance this is this this is what for your page Yes, exactly. What is, so, what is what what is that great you done? <laughs> yes, and and I feel because of this reason, I think both uh, uh, maintenance and the, the the vendor itself they should work together. Of course, the system has to work without any doubt, uh, and the KPIs have to be met. But uh, a lot of times that I have seen is uh, the 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 approach is a little bit conservative towards creating case studies, and I mean I feel that. Uh, uh one should be more upfront but i mean this team of uh, the maintenance department and the end user and the vendor together has to be more upfront so that they can uh you know uh, speak about their achievements that if they did not did that uh, this would have happened right uh, and should be brought very openly towards the senior management so that uh, you know they 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 understand uh, any any kind of good work done and yes also uh, understand if there's something that was missed and why it is missed so that it should not be repeated again right well, what do you think yeah yeah that? i think yeah yeah i think sunil very well said uh, and you have actually what i would say that you have actually concluded all the points of actually installation of these kind of sensors with uh, with a wireless kind of an architecture because see at the at the end of the day what does the management want they want the uninterrupted operation of the plants and instead of going for a predefined interval of the maintenance go as per the need uh, and because and the the one good part of was thing was that i used to get a regular call from your from your company sir there is an alert even though the alert was coming on mobile then tanmay or his team uh, somebody will call to our mechanical guy see sir today something has gone wrong and you have to check it so that's that made much more confidence in that pilot time period that okay if this kind of uh, the support we are going to get from vendors we we will be definitely getting benefited of whatever uh, the investment uh, we have made so that point is, has to be taken care because that's not a kind of a thing that you are doing marketing you are selling your sensors and and then forget 
that that support because see vibration is a is a very vast field and uh, nobody is expert on that um once you get the kind of the vibration software which we have supplied gives lot of things so one can review that and even can debate internally that what is to be done and ultimately the corrective actions are taken yes anil does it make sense to you totally without without a single doubt yeah uh, i think tanmay has a question yeah yeah, yeah so yeah we had uh, you know clearly mentioned about how uh, strategically he played across and developed a tactical plan like he got a pilot then he got a, a small teams of digital nodes in the plant and you know, got them motivated to you know adopt the technologies so the digital transformation is a journey in itself right it's it's more about the people process and uh, technology it's a combination of all these things and i remember this gave also rise to a co invention opportunity right i still remember the young guy from power plant the young lad abhishek jain right his team came up with an a co invention plan that okay let's you know monitor the coal mills also the coal mills in in, in general was not a plan because the rollers running inside are very far away from the outer casing right and uh, you know to uh, monitor uh, rotary equipment you have to be near the bearing casing because then only you will get that accurate analysis yes. but but the guys were very much determined because of the you know uh, the uh, how vijay mentioned right he had developed a team and got them motivated now they took the lead so they were really charged up no we will use make of acoustic emission and vibration just to know the anomaly in that rollers right and and you know we picked it up did a small research and we thought okay yeah, this is doable we quickly customized the firmware and bit of the software and we deployed it and so today in coal mills they are attending the rollers as and when we send the alarm on their mobile phones and they are adjusting the roller and uh, somewhere they are saving around 1000 every time you know the alarm is raised right so this is the kind of saving that has been realized and once the culture is built this co invention opportunity also exists so that's the best part of working yeah, yeah very true yeah very true very true tanmay i think very well uh, very well pointed out this point actually i missed it but the the coal mill was certainly not there uh, on our uh, on our board to to install such kind of sensors but the people tried uh, and it was i should say it was a collaborative kind of a thing tanmay and his team along with the team from our power plant they were they both worked jointly and find out that this this could be one of the solution see once you start working on that there are ideas which actually i mean come up and then we get the advantage out of that and we did get benefit in the coal mills what tanmay is telling you great yeah. great point tanmay yeah. yeah thanks a lot yeah steven you can go ahead Thanks, Tanmay. And uh, sorry, I didn't introduce that you were you were on the call as well there at the beginning. Um, and but we are about out of time, so I do want to give you guys an opportunity to let us know if you're you're speaking in the future or if people wanted to get in touch with you, how they could go about doing that. And um, so I'll, I'll throw it to you there first, uh, Vivek. Is there anything you have upcoming, or is there if anybody has any questions, are you are you open to open to those questions? i am very active on linkedin and anybody who wish to ask any question he can be he he can easily i mean uh, 
make a contact with me he can connect with me on linkedin and then we can carry on i would i would love to have that those kind of discussion the the other part which we are planning in near future is to monitor the railway engines i think we are in touch with sunil and tanmay that how do we monitor the axles of the railway engines so that we can use these sensors and with the use of technology how can we get a pre alert so that uh, that work is going on with them and i hope that something good should come out of that absolutely that's, that's a tricky Steven. application uh, i'm looking forward yes. to hearing the results of that so um and how about you sunil is there anything upcoming for you yeah i think uh, <clears throat> thank you vivek uh, for bringing that up and uh, i just uh, i i uh, unfortunately i cannot name it right now due to nda but uh, just to let you know on on one of the metro trains in india where the speed variation is basically from 0 to 4000 uh, you know rpm uh, within 8 seconds right we have been able to extract the speed really accurately at a specific instance and uh, have been able to trigger the sensors so that they can send the data only if it is above uh, you know a specific rpm and then do the you know predictive maintenance based on that so i think i i'm i'm uh, quite confident that we are ready for that kind of train applications we have done this with one of the big uh, you know bearing supplier in, in the world and um, so we we are pretty confident that this is something that we can take uh, we can contribute to anybody who is interested in and it's it's because it's a very highly variable speed application as as uh, you know uh, steven pointed out and uh, it's it's uh, it needs a specific approach and uh, that's what we basically uh, found out uh, and we actually also uh, filed a, filed a patent it's a patent pending for us so uh, it's uh, really we are we are looking forward to that application yeah that's, that's pretty great, exciting great, great, great. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for you Sunil everybody can uh, linkedin and uh, I'll link nanoprecise as well in the description of course and you guys have been linked for a few months now so we'll, we'll... keep that going. <laughs> thanks, thanks Steven. Awesome. Well, thank you Vivek, thank you Sunil and thank you Tanmay thank for you. your time. Thank you. thank really you. enjoy this conversation and I'm uh definitely need to have you back on the show Vivek if you're willing. Um loved having this conversation. So, 